Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to History Dweebs. We have a special edition today. We are going to talk about Mercy Brown and the New England Vampire Panic, which was a real thing, still going on today. Um, But we have a special guest with us today, so we're going to take some, after the poll we took last week, we're going to take some time out of Brandy time and introduce our guest host. You know her as Karen Michelle. Karen Michelle, how are you today? I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Didn't everyone vote for more brandy time? No, no, they did not. I, I, there was no more brandy I'm time. I'm sure they did. I think the poll was well, that, that there should be more brandy. That was time. not the question. The question was how are you You're today? Horrible. You Could do you horrible play? introductions. Well, Jesus God. <laughs> no, I'm just going to, we're going to have a hard time if you can't just follow directions. I said, how are you today? Now answer me. Oh, my God. <laughs> how about no? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Well, I have done a podcast with you about politics, which is always interesting. And then one about spies called Spy Stories. That's a lot of fun. And that's... That's about it. How did you sleep your way onto this show? Oh God. <laughs> it's not worth it. Whatever. Whoever. Not wow. worth it. Wow. Not worth it. And that seems rather. I think this prying. is where we say something like, you wish? Something along. Something along those lines, maybe? Uh, no, I don't know how you ended up. Timmy just <laughs> told me. I, I mean. You have you had a little podcast and now you're up in the big leagues with the with the dweebs and nah. I just wondered how you slept your way to the top, much like how the devil got through college. Really? So, um, yeah, Brandy, have, that's yeah. how. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Hold on, let me pick. Because I now. am fucking okay. smart. That's how I got through college. <laughs> okay. Well. Let me introduce our uh, other co-host, a woman known across the land as Brandy, the Benevolent, apparently beloved by a bunch of female woman haters or man haters on the page. Um, But, you know, 
popularity on the dweebs page is not really something to brag about because I'm not really sure that most of those people are all screwed together real tight. They're perfect. You know what I mean? They're all perfect. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, perfect. But... It's a really great idea to insult the people listening to you. He's a dumbass. This is why I shouldn't. I shouldn't have. You know what? This is my fault. It's like it was my first day when I said, hey, Chuck, why don't you do the introduction? (laughs) This is on me, and I apologize. Well, uh, how are you today, Brandy, if If at at all? You know, I'm good. We were just talking about going to go to Costco in a little bit and get some toilet paper and Clorox wipes. So that if we have to self-quarantine, we've got toilet paper ready to roll. Very excited. You know, I'm telling you, I I've st- I put this on my Facebook page, but this is the same as every zombie apocalypse movie I've ever seen. You know, people are just kind of a little squirrely in the beginning. You know, it's like, ah, there's something strange going on in Washington. You know, all of a sudden, 10 people, old people dead and... uh but, you know, it's nothing to worry about. And then... The newscasters are eating each all other All hell breaks on, loose. On yeah. Screen. People taking bites out of people. That's stuff to look forward to. You know, you can get... Pumped. You can get the coronavirus from your dog, too. They just found out. Perfect. Dogs can carry the coronavirus. Well... So... That's... I'm just going to throw a great, little bit of professionalism in here. Ironically, that's exactly what the script is about today is about people being afraid of, you know, a, a medical panic, a, a virus. So Timmy knew what he was doing. He fit, he fit this together quite well. Now, let's just, let's not. This was a complete accident. <laughs> <laughs> was, I was trying was, to give him some just, credit. It's most dumb of line the time, <laughs> Most of the time when we succeed here, it is just b- dumb blind <laughs> luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... Okay, well... He's, Enough brandy time. Oh, yeah. Okay. We will. I didn't mean uh, to cut into brandy time. No, that you're fine. This is Sorry. par. We're good. <laughs> well, let me introduce our Let's third not. guest. Let's not. Let me introduce our third guest. A man guest. known across the land as the moral compass By of no the one. show. Nope. Um, the man who has been called basically a sage, uh, the Yoda of Mm-mm, podcasting. Nope, nope. You is, are is not. Uh, that and that's why I don't go to so many of the podcasting conventions because oh it, it, you just get people coming up to you and saying, you know, Colonel, you know, how do I, how do I get people to like me? You know, I it, it's like that book, how to make friends and influence people. People think that, you know, I'm not. I'm the modern day and so wait a minute. Okay, I just well, want to make that's sure Colonel time. Yeah. And I just want to make sure it's not because of your paralyzing fear of leaving the west side of Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with the no. fact that you're terrified of people. Yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm just comfortable with it. I don't like other people coming too close to me. That you've that's been banned all. from Canada. I mean because you happen to because you happen to wander into their country for a minute and they banned you. So I mean, you know, yeah. It is pretty funny how at events everyone touches you a lot and you're not a person who likes to be touched. I, I don't like to be touched. I mean, Paul McCartney had the same thing. You no. know, I, it's just oh, kind no. of Oh, but he touches you. <laughs> oh no. 
And you know what? Here's the other thing. For somebody who doesn't like to be, you know, touched, you you like mm-hmm. to come up and try and put your arm around me and all kinds of weird ass shit. So <laughs> well, you're right. kind of a you're, you're you're a lovable, cuddly person. You just exude that personality. Like wait a minute. <laughs> you just call you know? me fat. I think that's what that was. Cuddly. No, a person. I mean, you just you just. You got that look like, hug me when I see you sometimes. I don't ever oh, have, that's definitely I just, what I see. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't ever I have that look you, around you. She's definitely like, hug me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't ever have right that there. look around you. Ever. Um, ever. That's not a thing. I mean, what it is, it's more it's like, like a threat. Like, hug me. Like, it try is. it. See what happens. It is. <laughs> it is, but that's okay. Charles, how are you today? Yes. How are you today? If at all. If at all. I'm, I'm not good, well, devil. I'm, I'm good. shocked by that. I know. I'm just glad mm-hmm. I was sitting down. Yeah. What seems to be the problem? <laughs> and make it quick. What is daylight saving? I know that time, fucking devil? sucks. I'm so goddamn tired. Oh, yeah, and I, all of a sudden I'm I'm on my computer doing some some really in depth research oh, last on Pornhub. Well, on the uh, on the mating habits of midgets, yes, yes. okay, and uh, and all of a sudden it jumps from two two a.m. to three a.m. and I was like, "Damn, I've been on here a long time," but I didn't realize that the government had stolen an hour of my life. They steal your money, they steal your hours. They do, and then they try to infect you. Yes. Yeah, and then I got to worry about the coronavirus, and they ain't being honest about this. Now, we all know they ain't being honest about this. There's coronavirus all around you. I I, I had to drive yesterday to get a a picture taken, and uh, I had to get passport pictures taken. For what? uh, They they require passports for you to leave the west side now? They Uh. do. They do. I well, with this coronavirus going on, I had to get my concealed carry renewed, and because uh, you're gonna shoot make the virus, sure that I'm armed to the teeth. I might. I see. I might. I know. I've, I've been practice. I've been target shooting. I know it's just a little devil right there, but I could probably yeah, hit it. Well, that's that's enough. But, uh, that's enough colonel time. I I had. <laughs> well, I I think we should compare pictures. I would like oh to God. put up my my picture and have. Miss Karen, Michelle put up a driver's license Okay, picture. I'm going to very quickly explain this. So I had to get my driver's license redone because it, I, it's a long story. Anyway, the picture was so bad that the people, when they took the picture, they laughed. And I was like, so can you do it again since it made you laugh? And they were like, no, sorry. it You didn't blink or anything, so we have to keep it. It is so bad. I mean, oh, it's I look go, it's goddamn like horrid. I am in, it's horrid. It, yeah, I look, there's been a couple of people from the Dweeb group who I have allowed to see it. I look like I am the leader of a biker gang in prison. Yes. Who just got released and is looking to to shake someone. I mean, it's Wait a minute, here's really the thing. So keep that and then people will think you're a badass when you're trying to get into, you know, wherever it is you go. Well, here's the thing I'm worried about. You know, I'm worried that I'm going to get murdered or I'm going to go missing and that's the picture well, that's that a, ends up on the news. On Dateline, yeah. It's it's good. Yeah, right. It's going to be that picture. That's Mhm. Yeah. I'm super excited well, about that. That's all right. Well, that's probably 
somebody that's got flattering pictures of you that will put those up. They always put up the good picture of the victim. They don't put up the ugly picture. Mm, I don't know. No, they put up the bad picture. It would be my luck that it would be this picture. Nah. It would be this picture. We'll make sure. And, okay. We got you. thanks. But if they do do that one and I'm missing, like, nobody would find me because I hope to God it doesn't look like me. That's what I'm hoping, but... Girl. No, it does not look like you. It's scary. When I saw it, I actually... <laughs> People thought I was being uh, I, dramatic, and then they were like, oh, God, no, you undersold it. <laughs> it's that bad. No, I cringed when I saw it. <laughs> I, when I when you showed it to me, I actually cringed, and I thought, if, if it were me, I would have walked out, and I would have thrown it in the sewer, and then came back in and said I lost my license. It's, I needed new It's one. really funny. I'll use Michelle the same picture. Johns. Michelle Johns from the group, like, I had posted something about it on Facebook, and she is super pragmatic and awesome. Like, we all love Michelle. And she was like, okay, I'm going to need to see this picture if it's really that bad. I think she thought I was just being kind of, like, false modest type of thing. Yeah, no. I sent it to her, and she was like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's so bad. So... It's, yeah, it's really we'll, we'll have this in the footnotes. When we put the episode footnotes? up, we'll put the driver's license no. picture of Karen no, Michelle up. Footnotes. No. Jesus, God. if you're going to talk about IDs, why don't you also mention how, where your concealed carry ID ended up because you're so together and organized. Where did that end up? Hmm? Well, yesterday I'm, I'm in the living room and I get a question from uh, from a person in our house who I don't care that much for. Oh my God. Was it Renee? Because I always got to yeah, be right. Yeah. She's amazing. Indeed. And uh, <laughs> she asked me, because uh, I had to get two pictures. Take, it cost $16. Oh my God. Me. Get to so, it. Anyway, right. so she, uh, she said, is there any particular reason that there are two pictures of you in the refrigerator? Sure, sure. <laughs> And I said, yes, please don't move them. That is where I want to put them. That is where I want them. I will know where to find them there. And uh, apparently I was going to get a drink and I just stuck them in there, but I could not own up to, you know, being senile and old, I suppose. (laughs) So I just said, no, leave them there. That's that's exactly where I want them. And she said, well, I'm going to take them out and put them on the refrigerator because we got, you know, 10,000 magnets. And I said, see, don't do that. I won't be able to find them. Leave my shit alone. So. People's always, always messing with me. Yeah. So why did so you have to get a you, picture taken? I have to renew my concealed okay. carry. In Virginia. In Virginia. Okay. I just find it kind of disturbing that someone who has a concealed carry is leaving their IDs in the refrigerator. Dude, but my dad's got one me. and he leaves shit everywhere. He doesn't remember. <laughs> He can't drive. He don't remember where he is most of the time. So, you know. Well. All right. Anyway. So that's enough Chuck time about 20 minutes ago. So. Okay. So let's talk about the script. Please. (laughs) So this one is about Mercy Lena Brown. And she was a 19-year-old woman when she died of tuberculosis in 1892. The community. Oh, the consumption. She had a consumption. The consumption will get you every time. Oh, that's a sad, that's a sad disease, her, the consumption. Her community was afraid that she was a vampire. As you would be. That that she was spreading the disease, uh, the people to extra Rhode Island. When I 
looked it up, it was also pronounced Exter, so I don't really know. They've had both pronunciations for me. So anyway, Exter, Rhode Island, and they ended up exhuming her body and then burned her remains because I guess that's how you deal with vampires. I don't know. She's a witch. She's a witch. Stake through the heart. Yeah. I, I am wanting to say, and you're too lame. Yeah. <laughs> you give, okay, anyway. When word got out that Mercy's remains were found to be mostly intact, the story quickly spread throughout New England, resulting in mass hysteria, which became known as the Great New England Vampire Panic. It's got a ring to it. Which is not all that creative. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that they could have been more creative, but. Yeah. It's just, See, that's the difference. Those were some hardy-ass people back there. Now, right now, we're all freaked out about a little tiny virus. These motherfuckers, that, a, a vampire is something to panic about. A vampire is something you run out to the store and buy all kinds of supplies and self-isolate yourself. Let me tell you something. You quarantine yourself when the vampires Have are Have either around. of you watched What We Do in the Shadows on FX? That is my favorite movie. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. One of my favorite shows. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's Oh, I forgot movies. to mention to our listeners, if you're already into this, um, we have two females on the page. I'm not sure where you are in your hormonal cycles for the month. Oh, my God. But there might be um, some crude language, some vile, uh, inappropriate things said. Like you. So if, if that kind of thing bothers you, then Karen, what should they do? Aww. I'm gonna let say it. <laughs> say it. Stop. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let Brandy take this one because she can do a really good job. I can because it's you know part of my lexicon. <laughs> yeah. If foul language, and I feel like we're a little late for this since we're getting into the script. <laughs> I but, know. I'm like this is a little delayed. But we do use some foul language, and Chuck says some ignorant stuff. So if that offends you. You can check out one of the other fine independently produced podcasts, such as Crime Lines or Spy Stories, um, or you can go fuck yourself. So, please, Miss Karen, tell me more about vampire slaying, please. Yes, yes. Well, the practice of disinterring accused vampires likely began in Eastern Europe, and then it's... Well, of course it did, because that's where the vampires began. Transylvania, everybody, everybody knows that. And then it's, and the Catatonic Mountains. What? And then it spread to Western countries, including France and England in the 1700s, then to rural New England, where vampire panics were common up through the late 1800s, particularly in Rhode Island. I feel like there's an appropriateness to this script uh, because... Timmy wrote this script knowing that I was going to be doing this script with the two most soul-sucking people that I am acquainted with. I know, with. aren't you lucky? So, it's kind of appropriate, yeah. yeah. No, he ba- huh. he fell bass-ackwards into that, too, so we're all right. Soul-sucking, spirit-crushing, just... Yeah, but go ahead. But go ahead. I'm happy to be here with you. You should be. I feel like you're intimidated by the intelligence surrounding you, and and this is just a defense mechanism. That's that's what it seems. It seems kind of sad, don't you think, Brandy? Just kind of, just kind of pathetic, really. 
I I already know this, so I mean, <laughs> it's not new, not new at all. Well, you know what? I appreciate your insight, <laughs> and I will send you a check for your diagnosis if you will just keep your okay. next at diagnosis home, to yourself. At home and abroad, vampire scares <laughs> usually so begin when a person died. Well, I mean, as yeah. it would often. Often of a contagious disease. And in New England, that was usually tuberculosis. And then others in the vicinity began dying too. Hmm? I mean... Usually of tuberculosis. (laughs) Right? So, ignorance of germs. People surmised that the dead person had come back to drain family members' blood. Of course. Of course. I mean... that's... That's what I would do. All right, logic. Mm -hmm. And the exhumation and staking, burning, beheading, and whatever else followed, it it depended on where you lived exactly what they decided to do. If you got beheaded or not, it just depended on the county in which you And And really, now think about this. It's already hard enough because, you know, I've had to make, as you know, devil, go ahead and make your jokes. But I've had to make plenty of funeral arrangements, and nary a time has a funeral director said to me, well, now we have this staking, burning, and beheading special going on right now. You only do one of those. You only do one. So, I mean, you you have to pick one of the trifecta. You have to pick one. Well, I would would be extra careful, but I've never had a a funeral director offer me a beheading or staking. Now, I have off a, a burning, yeah, because, you know, that's the cremation, but staking, beheading, how do you have a good service when, when you're done I, beheading? You know what, though? Person? I feel like they would do that after the, the viewing, after that. But, you know, in some, I mean, you see sometimes, like, certain services where people are kind of stuffed and standing up, you know? So, oh, I mean, I guess it would be kind of like I've never that, seen a service like that. Never, ever. Well, I mean, I've what seen What the fuck kind of shit that. are you going yeah. to where they have stood yeah. a dead person no. up? I've seen it on the Dweebs page, of course. No, she's up from Oklahoma. It. She's seen oh some shit. Oh, my God. And she, and she lived in Florida. She's oh. this girl. <laughs> well, true. this girl's from Florida, and she's a she's a floki I, devil. Yeah, she's from like Florida it. and Oklahoma. I mean, what the hell kind of bullshit is that? Where they just stay, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah, see no, that. I've seen it on the page. So okay, uh-huh. well, they did this in order to insulate the community against further harm because being dead wasn't enough. You had to be extra extra dead. Sure. Often. The vampire hunters were not disappointed when they pried open the graves. Um, many natural signs of decay, like bloating and bleeding from various orifices. I guess oh. that that would make them happy to see. You know, it, it just gave them what, a sense of confidence. What kind of orifices do you think they'd be bleeding from there, Karen Michelle? Really? They're, say I their mean, nose. Eyes, just say their mouth, nose. nose. Right. Their ears, or is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what orifice bleeding from says you're not a vampire? No, I'm just asking you. Do do you have to be bleeding from the ears, the nose, the mouth, or do they have to pull your pants down and check See, those it, orifices? It's like you're a say, twelve-year-old boy and can't help yourself. You just have to go to that you know, place. But blood is also a sign of life. 
So right. if they see bleeding yeah. from their eyes, then they're like, oh, this motherfucker's still alive. So then, then that gives them justification to stake them or behead them or whatever. Oh, oh, no, okay, now I see. Yeah, although, va- but then you got a bloated fat vampire. It's fat. And- I, know, I mean, maybe when he gets up, it's like anything else. Maybe when he gets up, he farts, and then he's not bloated anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. that's what everybody. Oh, I bet a vamp- what Everybody does when they first wake up in the morning. So I don't know what the deal is. You know, a vampire fart. It'd have to be nasty. I, now. Because Rudy will dead. tear one off every once in a while here. Yeah. It, and it's like, it truly is like what crawled up inside you and died? Well, me. So yeah. I'm putting that stuff back out in the atmosphere. Yeah. All right. You're proud of that one, aren't you? That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although vampirism started in Eastern Europe in the 17th century, it quickly spread to the New World. In the late 17th century, a farmer in rural Siberia Jesus. named Andrew <laughs> rural Siberia, like, isn't what? Siberia like what all the, like rural? it's not rural enough? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, the big urban hub in Siberia. <laughs> right. But secondly, what the fuck you grown but snowballs in Siberia? I don't know. I mean, it's cold there, three hundred and sixty-two days a year. The six feet of snow on the ground in the middle yeah. of June. How are you going to be so, a I mean, farmer in Siberia? He must be out in East bumfuck bejesus because rural Siberia, yeah. there's just, I, I can't even right. imagine. But go right. ahead. Kind of redundant. Okay, so he broke his neck after a fall from a hay wagon and like so oh. many before him, he was accused of being a vampire. Of, of course. And then he that was w- dug up after a series of deaths in his village and many of his supposed victims were dug up as well. So now, see, what? we this this uh, this Halloween, we went to this little festival thing, you know, and 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 we took Ryan and had to go on a hayride, right? They ain't got no goddamn seatbelts on the hayride. No, that's really? that's and part I said, of the. This does part not seem charm. safe to me. Yeah, and had this man had a seatbelt on there. Well, he'd still be out vampiring, I suppose, but so it's probably what? good that he broke his neck. Okay. Stop. <laughs> just stop. Because here's no. the thing. He may have broke his neck no matter what. It doesn't say he like just you know his whole friggin' hay wagon could have tipped over. A seatbelt wasn't gonna save him from that. I mean it was probably like several bales high you know it yeah. probably wasn't just the one bale that you're sitting on safely i mean if you felt if you fell from a typical hayride now it, it, it you would maybe get a bruise you wouldn't die so i think this was a slightly different situation or he landed on ice because he's in fucking rural siberia <laughs> well that's true yeah my farming didn't go so well Ugh. um well, the Austrian military authorities in control of the region investigated the deaths, and their published account was widely circulated. His case is credited with spreading the vampire superstition to Western Europe. Now, that's your claim to fame. I mean, that's that's what you want your legacy to be. I kind of do. Where, where it took hold before reaching the New World. The first known reference to an American vampire scare is a scolding letter to the editor of the Connecticut Courant and Weekly Intelligencer, that's that's a name, published in June 1784. Councilman Moses Holmes, 
from the town of Wilmington, Willington, sorry, warned people to beware of a, quote, a certain quack doctor, a foreigner, mm, who had urged families to dig up and burn dead relatives to stop consumption. Huh. Holmes had witnessed several children disinterred at the doctor's request, and he wanted no more of it. And he also said, and that the bodies of the dead may rest quiet in their graves without such interruption. I think the public ought to be aware of being led away by such an imposture. And see, this is how the vampire break outbreaks always start. Is There's it? always one cranky old Wilford Brimley doctor saying, there ain't no Wilford goddamn Brimley. such thing as vampires. Wilford Brimley, I doctor, love him. Dr. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, he's like, I, I know the diabetes when the I see diabetes. it. And I know vampires when I see it. Yeah, and and then the people say, no, there ain't no such thing as vampires. And, you know, there's an old saying, the greatest trick a vampire ever played was making us believe there were no such thing as vampires. Very nice. They say that about the devil, yes, too. Yeah, but, but it's lesser known, obviously. It's lesser known, sure. yeah. Wasn't that from a movie? Well, despite this warning the practice took hold in the late 18th century new england and soon became a case of mass hysteria that would be known by scholars like i said before as the great new england vampire panic and can i say something just interject something real quick i'm sure you will it's really funny when you said that the, the Connecticut Courant and Weekly Intelligencer, and then you had to pronounce the name Exeter, you know, the town. Let me tell you what she does, Devil. When she got the script, uh-huh. she goes online to see to make sure she's pronunciating these towns and names correctly. Um, isn't that I? Okay. We don't even look at the goddamn script till the day we're reading nope. it. I don't know what's coming up in the next I'm paragraph. As, I'm just as surprised as everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so am I. So I apologize. I thought that was quite no, sorry. no. You're fine. It's a, it's it's refreshing. <laughs> no, I don't really apologize. I was being sarcastic. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's refreshing. It, it, I thought it was quaint. I thought it was cute of you, Cam Aren't Michelle, you? to say, "Well, I'm going to look this up and see what it, I was like." Wow, that's well, a lot I am of work so glad that show. you approve of my behavior. Thank you for that. Uh, well, now that's taking quite a leap saying I approve oh of your God. behavior. Oh my God. Okay. Brady, isn't it? It's it is. Turn, it's my right? turn. Yes. Okay. Go for it. Let's talk for. Tell us a little bit about tuberculosis. I'm dying to. <laughs> really? Because really? I have lost so many family members to the consumption. I, as we all have. So, uh, tuberculosis, in case you don't know, is an infectious disease usually caused by Microbacterium tuberculosis, or MTB, bacteria. Tuberculosis generally affects the lungs, but can also affect other parts of the body. TB was historically called consumption due to the weight loss associated with the disease. Should that be the other way around? If you lost weight, like, shouldn't it? not be consumption okay go ahead maybe it consumes all your fat okay there you go okay uh another reason for the name is because tb seemed to to consume oh, here we go. its victims vital organs 
okay, I should have read that. Yeah. <laughs> now been... you may, I may not have said this in any previous. I episodes, bet you have. But my stepfather, Art. Oh, Jesus. The reason he He's came dead. to Cincinnati was because he he had a case of the consumption. Okay. He was in a he was in a hospital. He was that we had a sanitarium right up here in Cincinnati, uh, Dunham, where he spent almost two years. He lost four family members to consumption. Didn't cut nary a head off, and that's why they have the big vampire. You know, forty years later, they had the vampire scare of Tennessee. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. He spent eighteen months, and and you. Basically, what they did was they put you in a sanitarium. I, but did we? And hoped you got better or I you died. Ask. That's it. I don't think anybody did, but that's okay. All right. So before the Industrial Revolution, folklore often associated tuberculosis with vampires. I don't know why. When one member of a family died from a from the disease, the other infected members would lose their health slowly. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean that's I know that's kind of stands to reason. Yeah, okay. uh, people believe <laughs> people believed this was caused by the original person with TB draining the life from the other family <laughs> members. <laughs> now, see, we had I have people in my family that just drain the life right. from other family members, but it's not the consumption. That right. has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like every Thanksgiving, you know those people are going to be there, and they're going to be draining the life. I know. God, I know. Uh, it is now known to be a bacterial disease, but the cause was unknown in the late 19th century. The infection spreads easily amongst a family without Clorox wipes. Thus, when one family member dies of consumption, other members were often infected and gradually <laughs> lost their health. The 19th century people believed that this was due to decrease. Oh, to the deceased TB sufferer draining the life from other family members. Thank you, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. The belief that consumption was spread this way was widely held in New England and in Europe. Typically, those were some dumbass people back then. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go with that. Typically, a rural family contracted the wasting illness, and even though they often received the standard medical diagnosis. The survivors blamed early victims as vampires, <laughs> res- responsible for preying among preying upon family members who subsequently fell sick. So, in case, how'd you like to be? How'd you like to be the first poor son of a bitch in a family that got the consumption? You land. I think you do want to be first. You, know, you can't do. Well, of course you want to be first, but then everybody coming in, it's like. Could you get me some soup? Fuck you, no, that Yeah, that would be at my I house. I ain't getting you anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so just a recap in case you didn't know. Um, the, <laughs> the original person with TB was blamed for draining the life out of other family members. <laughs> yeah. In case that wasn't covered <laughs> eight times in those three paragraphs. <laughs> the, the specific... What? I think Timmy might be, might have been in a rush. Here's the thing. I don't, I, God love him. Okay, so I'm going to read this next sentence. I know it's wrong, but I don't know what he wants to say here. The specific of the vampire exhumations, though, vary widely. Um, okay. Okay, so in many cases, only fam- family and neighbors participated. 
but sometimes town fathers voted on the matter, or medical doctors and clergymen <laughs> gave their blessings or even pitched in. In some cases, well, see it. wait a minute, here we go. But in some cases, only the immediate family was involved because they were having the life drained out of them. Um, yeah. While in others, it was a major event attracting hundreds and even thousands of people. <laughs> and strangely, uh, just a vampire exhumation could cause, you know, then all of a sudden. Now, think about this. TB is a contagious disease. So what should we do? Gather around. Oh, all get together <laughs> with the sick family yep, members. Yep. Let's gather and around. And dig a hole. I mean, imagine if these the poor motherfuckers. voted on the matter. Well, if thank they were God. okay with it. Figures it was men. Well, I'm just. <laughs> Idiots. I'm just picturing somebody yeah, knocking on the door. Man, a bunch of pale, you know, vampire infested people answering the door. They're all sickly. <laughs> and they said, yeah, we're going to exhume Uncle Bob. Here's a bunch of shovels. Get your sick asses out there and dig him up. You know, they're out there. They're sweating. They hey, get about a foot these down. Were hardy and they're people. collapsing, they too. They can do it. <laughs> not that hard I mean, apparently you got the consumption now you got to dig a grave for, dig up a grave that you already well, dug and you know the other thing too with thousands of people that's you know and it kind of figures though it stands to reason like while you're there just go ahead and dig your own because there's not going to be anybody <laughs> yeah there's not going to be anybody left to dig it for you so mm-hmm. all right so to protect the survivors and ward off the effects of consumption Often, the bodies of those who had died of the disease were exhumed and examined. (laughs) So they dug these people. In case you didn't catch that, they dug them up. (laughs) The corpse was deemed to be feeding on the living if it was determined to be unusually fresh. (laughs) Well, this is a fresh corpse. Wait a minute. Especially if the heart. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me me get this in and then I'm I'm going to. Yeah. Especially if the heart or other organs contained liquid blood. Stop. <laughs> Full stop. So, so here's, so here's the thing. So, all right, we think there's this vampire and he's draining the life out of everybody. So what we're going to do is dig him up. We're going to cut him open. And, you know, of course there was no embalming. So everything is just in there anyway. But if you preserved well... Well, then, you know, if the heart, if anything had liquid blood in it, as opposed to solid blood, I guess, then, then you were fucked. Then you just had to be staked through the heart or they cut off your, what, what in the hell is going on with these people? Well, it seems sometimes in panic, logic just gets, the first victim of a panic is logic. Well, yeah. Well, if you're worried about getting a disease... Don't dig up the person. Right. That doesn't seem like the best idea, but... Yeah, but whatever. Um, So after the culprit was identified, there were a number of proposed ways to stop the attacks. The most benign... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) The most benign of these was to simply turn the body over in its grave. Because then what, it couldn't get up? Well, yeah, because no, because see the vampires. What if right? it's wait a minute? And it's always dark right. in there. But what if it's it's dark in there, and they think they just keep going digging down. No, wait a minute, because it's dark. <laughs> they don't have miners' lamps wait a minute. on, 
So you flip them over. No, yeah. but what if they're like turtles? <laughs> if, if they're on their back, Ooh, they can't get up. That. But you, as soon as you turn them over. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like clawing. Yeah, then, they're, then they can get up. Then they can do all kinds of shit. What does turning them over have to... I can't. Why didn't they just put them in their face down in the first place? Save yourself the trouble. <laughs> I don't understand. No, I mean, I mean, even going with whatever nineteenth-century logic, you just put everybody in the ground face down. I mean, well, it that should like alleviate if you that. Nailed them to the coffin. If you could just, if they would have just nailed their clothes to the coffin, they wouldn't have been able to get or buried them with roses. Or everybody knows that cripples a vampire. Roses, yeah, no, it's not a thing. Garlic would, yeah. so throw some garlic in there and be done. All this digging up seems like double work. I don't think they're they don't they they're not very good with their time management. Um, okay. Oh, for fuck's sake! In other cases, <laughs> families would burn the fresh, fresh in air bunnies organs and rebury yeah. the body again, but not flipping it over. Yeah, <laughs> but occasionally they would go ahead and just decapitate it, flip the motherfucker over, just do it in the first place. <laughs> I wonder what what made them decide as they dug up this person whether they should decapitate because I probably if, if there you're was blood say, from the orifices or in the organs the, if it was in the, the organs. Organs. Yeah, but how do you decide which is the proper thing to do sh- burn the organs or decapitate? Look, I'm sure there's a handout well, I mean, or a pamphlet if, or something. If there was <laughs> yeah. blood in the eyes or somewhere on the head, they probably cut off the head. Yeah, but then what do they do I with mean, it? Do they back- bury the head with it? Just cut just in two pieces? Like what happens there? And again, <laughs> Just well, save yourself if, the now, trouble. Now, fairness to these people, and fairness to these people, this was back before you could look this shit up okay, on YouTube. Okay, no, I get that on YouTube. You couldn't do a search like how to how to kill a vampire. Really? You know, they had to figure this but shit out the on thing. their own. But again, somebody figured out, hey, you just flip it over on its stomach, because, you know, <laughs> then it <laughs> can't get out. So just fucking do that. Just do that. You're digging stuff up, redigging, whatever. You know what? I'm telling you right now, if I was one of those fucking grave digger people, I'm not filling this shit in until y'all figure it out. <laughs> I'm doing this one time. One time. I'm not doing shit until you figure this shit out. <laughs> Flip it over on its belly. Because, again, evidently they're like turtles. They can't get up and let you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, ain't nobody wants to be buried with the ass in Oh, there. well, this part, you know. And this is fun, this too. This part's especially good, yeah. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is fun, too. Affected family members would also inhale smoke from the burned <laughs> organs or consume, which is great for the lung disease super, that you have. Super yeah. smart, yeah. Super smart for lung disease. Or consume the ashes in a further attempt to cure the consumption. <laughs> yeah. So let's eat the let's eat the disease. Well, I, I don't want to get this disease, so let's eat the disease. Yeah, Where you does ward that off logic the disease. Even come from? Well, it's like an inoculation. You get a little dose of the flu, and then it wards off the flu for the rest of the flu season. Mm. I'm not mm. eating ashes, though. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and again, you have a lung disease, a deadly lung disease. So I guess it doesn't matter if you inhale smoke or not. You're Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You're going to die. But still, that goes against all... You just stand over it with a towel over your head like you do if you're sick. <laughs> over a bowl of shit and just like inhale it in. Yeah. All right. Um, the cases of... Van- I just still can't get past the, the family members. These poor sickly bastards. They give them shovels and tell them to go dig a grave. I... They got the consumption. They can barely get out of bed. Well, now they got to dig. They got to dig a grave, inhale smoke, eat some ashes. Jesus Christ! I thought eating. Yeah, fuck. The first victim was lucky. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to go first. That's you know that's along with those people who eat their placenta or whatever it is. You don't eat. You don't Yourself. eat your own shit. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, just autophagy is not like, a good thing. Yep. The more you know, like the more you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cases of vampire slaying were not I- limited. Oh, for fuck's sake! They weren't limited to the ignorant or poorly educated. Now, see that I beg to differ here. <laughs> I think just because you're well educated does not mean you're not ignorant. That's that would be my. Well, point. yeah, I'm, I'm just saying these these people so far sound pretty goddamn ignorant well, to me. Some so. of the people in many cases were well educated citizens. And some <laughs> held public positions within their town government. Again, oh, that well, is not indicative of intelligence. No, That's, clearly. Yeah, clearly so, it's hold not. On. Clearly we can't have ignorant people <laughs> in government. Right. So what? We should yeah. wait a minute, so should we unleash a tuberculosis monkey in let's say <laughs> yeah. in Washington, maybe, and then just wipe yeah. just wipe that out and start over. No. He's already fixed it. Whatever it was. Well, that's true. And he's the best at it. Okay. So one Mm -hmm. of the earliest cases of these bizarre rituals occurred in Manchester, Vermont in 1793. Bernie Sanders, a deacon of the Congressional Church. (laughs) 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 Sorry, my bad. Don't don't you invoke the name of Bernie. Well, you know he was around. (laughs) All right. So. (laughs) And you know what he was doing. You know, back then when he was just walking around, ah, these vampires, they're throwing his arms up. Exactly. He was the guy. They're coming the back. They're stealing yeah. the the one because, per- you know, there weren't that many no, vampires. He wants to the give vampires them- were the one percenters. He wants to give them free. He was like, the vampires are coming back here draining our blood after they don't, they got all the blood they need. They're taking our I blood. Know. 
All right. So I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. It was Captain Isaac Burton. It's very close. A deacon of oh, the Congressional okay. Congregational. Sorry. Jesus Christ. Congregational Church married Rachel Harris on March 8th, 1789. Aw. I bet she was a lot younger. Probably. <laughs> they, they did that. I know then. they did. Less than a year after the couple exchanged vows, Rachel contracted the consumption. Her health. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, and her health declined swiftly. And on February first, seventeen ninety-three, Rachel died. Rachel died of the dreaded disease. All right. So, about a year after Rachel's interment, the captain married his second wife, Hulda. Hulda Powell. (laughs) See, she sounds the first time. The first time. You got one good shot. You got one, you know, when you're a captain and Isaac, Captain Isaac, you know, you pr- probably only had one eye and he'd been on the sea, you know, just a rough guy. <laughs> but he got lucky and got him a Rachel, you know. And Rachel got the consumption and she kicked the bucket. But, you know, by this time, he's, he's, his standards Two, three have years older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's eight years older now. And, you know, captains live hard lives. They age hard. Well, so the best he could do was a hold Well, a hold well, You know, it's a very hardy sounding name. So maybe that he was, was not. His... He was not going to get a Candace or Brittany. a... or a, or Wasn't going to get a Brittany. Brittany, yet. yeah. Had to get a hold of. She was a German woman. You, you know, know she, she liked the... He got a hold of yeah. her. Oh, uh-huh, no. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we don't... We don't do puns on this show. I told you. Oh, I now. told you. Come. Okay. I told you, and I warned you. Don't do it for them. my for my co-hosts that are reading this. As I read this, please, I'm not going to say the dates, and I want you to look at why. So, um, <laughs> about a year after Rachel's interment, the captain married his second wife, Halda. Uh, on later, uh, she as well became ill within a short period of time and began to show signs of consumption. Maybe they're getting it from Isaac. As her health began to decline in a swift manner, the captain knew all hope was lost. Okay. I thought all hope was lost when you married Hulda. Uh, (laughs) A couple years before your other wife died. Yeah. It was then that a strange belief took hold of the family and friends of Captain Burton. They concluded, as one does, that the first wife was coming back from the grave in a jealous rage. And feeding on the lifeblood of Halda, thus <laughs> creating her consumptive condition. Yeah, women can be so vindictive like we, that. We really are. She yeah. and, and you know, and you're you're your own worst enemies because okay, if she's mad about something, Rachel mad about something that the captain did. Why didn't she take it out on the captain? She had to go after another woman. See, you women are just. You're always attacking each other. You're like, oh no, you're like wow, believe that. You're like, Aah. I'm not going after Hulda. I would, I, if it was me, I would have gone after the captain. But that's all right, right? Right. Um, well, here's the thing. Like, it's altogether possible that Hulda just kind of came in on there and like started wearing Rachel's clothes and you know, sort of just and, doing all the stuff Rachel did, and she just, you know. Yeah, well, and nothing was Clorox you know, down, I'm sure. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and you I'm got sure germs everywhere, it, so. and he's bringing stuff back I'm guessing, from the sea. It's just all bad. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm guessing She's probably Rachel had herpes, is what she died of. And they, 
And a nice corset was uh, size six. Holder's a 22 at best. I don't picture Holder. Yeah, I don't <laughs> picture Holder. Holder's going to the to the uh, to ye old lame Brian. Yeah. Oh and, no! Uh, God, getting her stuff. Well, I mean, she ain't racial. I'm just saying. I seen the All pictures. Right. Holder ain't racial. So, okay, we're just gonna yeah. Family and friends became convinced that if the vitals of the first wife, Rachel, were reduced to ashes, Holder would be cured of the terrible wasting illness. At first, Captain Isaacs refused to go along with what he considered to be nonsense. <laughs> well, there you go. But as he but as he was, his new bride's life what the hell? All right, but he he's see, he's watching her life. die and he's just right. says, "All right, fine, whatever." Um Timmy tried to get a little poetic. He did, it didn't work out for him. A little clunky there. Rachel <laughs> had been buried for 3 years when the deed was carried Ooh. out. And it was reported that almost a thousand people what? showed up for the gruesome exorcism. What? I Do you, like, bring love the thought of this. Like I mean, are you just like you know? A bunch of people are getting popcorn and bringing it with the kids. <laughs> I mean, this. Is oh, a that's thing. what. Yeah, deep fried Snickers. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just you don't you know, and that, and that's the thing about today. We we protect our kids, and you know, we we shelter them. So when much. we really we should take them parents. to watch graves be exhumed. Is what we should be exactly, doing. and 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 see a good burning and and exercise. Yeah, that'll teach them that a lesson. Was, well, you want these kids to shape up. You set a body on fire. Nothing will get somebody's attention like a body being on. Fire. I would think so. Don't forget that part. Mm-hmm. I would think so. All right. Um. Let's see. What remained of her heart, lungs, and liver were placed on the blacksmith forge of Jacob Mead. Well, that's unfortunate for him. Well, it really was. Uh, they were then reduced to ashes. A local pastor named Timothy Mead, oh, I wonder if they're related, probably, presided over the blessing of the remains in an attempt to purge the demonic disease that gripped Halda. After the organs were blessed, they were set on fire. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I, you burn ashes? Stop. As uh, the thousand people in attendance silently prayed. I don't. After the organs were consumed again by the fire, uh-huh. uh, the ashes were placed in a tea. Okay, so did we burn ashes or what? I don't know. Whatever. There were ashes and they were placed in a tea <laughs> and they stirred them up in there. Ew. Uh, mm-hmm. Holda then drank the tea and those in attendance cheered to her good health as she vomited all over fucking everybody. Like in Stand By yeah. Me, the guy that ate all the blueberry pies. <laughs> Nasty. I would hope that they put a little bit of honey in Something. there. I, I, I remember, uh, you know, I was I was having some, some joint issues, devil. Uh-huh. And, uh, we all are. A, a, a An acquaintance of mine recommended Did it some work? tea. Did it work? That they said would... Uh, Did it help you? Would help. And it's, it's turmeric tea. You Devil? should, uh, you should take uh, glucosamine and chondroitin. Right. Well, let me tell you, what they should put is donkey's asshole. Tea. Yes, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't. I don't because do it. I I've been to Tijuana and I can only imagine. I've been close to a donkey. You've never been to Tijuana. And oh my it God. tasted. I, ha- I actually have you been have to Tijuana. Want. Stop talking. You've been there. <laughs> no, I have. 
I've been no, I, I truly have been to Tijuana. I was a little kid, but anyway, who takes a little kid to Tijuana? <laughs> it was my uncle Bill. He's he was he's a strange guy. He took me to Tijuana. I don't know why he lived in Los Angeles. Holda was also so anyway. Tijuana. She said T I wanna. Yeah. No, <laughs> Shelley. <laughs> oh, see, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> All right, so Chuck's See, been to Tijuana, gotta put and up with it. tamarack tea tastes like anyway, donkey butt. So, if yeah, I stood next to a donkey and I was like, "What is that smell? Oh, that's the donkey's ass." And then, oh my god, this our guest co-host sent me some tea bags and said, "This will take care of your inflammation." Maybe I just and wanted I you to it, stop complaining. Maybe, maybe. Well, not. he won't. It doesn't matter. I brewed it. And Logan came into the house and said, when did we get a donkey? He didn't say And that. I think it just shit in the dining room. Okay. Yeah. Brandy. What? Did, did Holda's medicine work? Was it was Surprisingly, it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm oh shocked. My God. I'm shocked. I know. Sitting really? down. Again, wow. glad I was. Clutch the pearls. Holda succumbed <laughs> to the dreaded consumption later that year on September 6th. You know what? Doesn't even matter what the date is. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Same year Rachel died. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Timmy loves him a date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't. All right, so the case of Annie Dennett, 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 I don't know, there's a lot of words, there, a lot of letters. Uh, although it's believed that there were many undocumented cases of vampire slaying in this time period, only a few were well documented. Such is the case of Annie Dennett. Annie died of the consumption at the age of 21 in rural New Hampshire. In September of 1810, a traveling free will Baptist minister <laughs> named from Chuck Vermont. Walters, all right, from Vermont, <laughs> named Enoch Hayes Place, attended her <laughs> exhumation, which her family undertook in an effort to save Annie's father, also sick from the consumption. Place's diary entry is a curious example of the participation of a respected New England minister in a vampire hunt. He wrote, They opened the grave, and it was a solemn sight indeed. A young brother by the name of Adams examined the moldy spectacle. <laughs> I'm struggling to understand the capital. Again, guys who see this script, there's a lot of capitals here. I don't understand why these all so, of a sudden okay, are proper so- nouns. Um, we got a moldy testicle. There's oh no testicles. It's a spectacle. But found nothing as they supposed they should. There was but a little left except bones. This is three years later or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. This is a while mm. later. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, so, um, God damn it, Tim. All right, so Minister Place declared that the vampire had escaped its cell, and there was nothing he could do to save to save <laughs> Annie's father. You're fucked. I know you paid for me to get here, but yeah. sorry. Sorry about your luck, dude. Now, see, these vampire hunters, there's a short story I will tell no. you. This happened oh. in, in junior junior high school. There's never a we short story, two, ever. Two guys get into an argument. They're two friends of mine. And uh, uh, Buddy and Tommy, and they're going to get into a fight after they're going to get off the bus and get into a fight. Right. So we all had about one, three stops that we had to get off at. 
So we get off at the stop, and Tommy and Buddy start to fight, you know? Except Buddy takes a step backwards and stumbles over, uh, you know, how the concrete's uneven, falls backwards, hits his head, is knocked unconscious, and Tommy then jumps on him and asks him, did you have enough? Do you ha- Have you had enough? Now, they've not fought. No punches have been thrown. And Buddy is unconscious. And Tommy, by default, thinks he's won this fight. So it reminds me much how these vampires are killing non-existent <laughs> vampires. I, I don't... <clears throat> that was stupid and a huge waste of time. <laughs> It did give me a chance. To, no, it did give me a chance I mean, to pee, though. So thanks for that <laughs> line of bullshit. Well, I'm no. I'm just saying, it was much like there was no, no. battle to be fought against these vampires. It, okay, I, that's I amazing. Don't see the relevance, but, so let's okay. talk about. Okay, can we just no? B- before we continue, oh. can I just say to Karen Michelle, your guest host, know your place, please? <laughs> okay. How about no? All right. Wow. When I when you're called upon, we, <laughs> okay, Brandy. You, you, we, what's the next case? Go ahead. Okay, what, what so was that? let's talk Bristow about the case Congdon? of Bristow Congdon. So, what the fuck? Okay, apparently, <laughs> vampirism crossed racial lines. In 1811, black and he's got black and air bunnies. I don't know if he's allegedly black. <laughs> Or if yeah, he's, he's, I don't. He's got black in quotes. I don't. Yeah, know. I don't. Okay. I'm, allegedly, I guess he was black. <laughs> well, because you know, back in 1811, a lot of people pretended to be. Oh, black sure, they did. For all the social time to be a all the social color. benefit you could. Right, yeah, right. so great time for we that. don't know if he was really black or pretended to be black. You know? So. um so this guy, Bristow, and several of his children died of tuberculosis in Rhode Island. Um, as the disease spread through rural Rhode Island, the farmers started to panic. So it was decided by the local town folk, who I'm sure were very calm and collected when they made this decision, went to exhume Bristow's grave to ward off the disease. 1,100 people showed up. <laughs> Hold on. And in Rhode Island, eleven. That's the entire of population of Rhode Island. <laughs> I mean, he had to be the only black man in Rhode Island. Allegedly black. Allegedly <laughs> black. That's why he was allegedly. Because yeah. it was like we have this black man in Rhode Island. And people was like, "No, you don't." <laughs> That's why they all showed up. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> so, um, so they showed up at. This poor guy's grave. They exhumed his body on March 6th, 1811, after a local minister, Elijah Rhodes, proceeded over the exorcism, and the remains of Bristow and his family were burned. Uh, and his family? Yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers just show up and they burn the family. Well, no, well, he, no it says like, earlier him and a bunch of his family died. The family died. Yeah, yeah. a bunch of his oh, children. okay, never Several mind. Several of his children. <laughs> so they were all burned. I missed that part. <laughs> They, they just, probably did burn I the rest of them just, just for good measure. Up. I mean, yeah, my God. I um, although the locals considered the exorcism a, te- a success, <laughs> the TB outbreak, well, it was. well, because the TB outbreak soon subsided, but it was decided not to hold any further rituals because there was a rash of pickpockets during the ceremony. <laughs> but you know what? Let me say this. Let me say this. We scoff at the pickpockets. 
But, but you know what? That's like the little Girl Scouts that sit outside the marijuana dispensary and give and and yeah. sell Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Like, there's no better place to be. If you want to make a haul, it's you go where you go where the people it. are. Duh. Yeah. That's true. I think the pickpockets were uh, enterprising young people. It should be it's a praised. central part of the story. Yeah, for sure. So let's go on to the case of Frederick Ransom, a Dartmouth College student named Frederick Ransom. Uh huh. Came from a well-respected family in South Woodstock, Vermont. Mm. He died of tuberculosis in 1817, and is an example of an educated person ensnared in a vampire panic usually associated with misinformed fathers. fathers Ran- right? Ransom's father, the town physician, had the boy's body exhumed in hopes of saving the rest of his family. <sighs> Why didn't they just flip him over? <laughs> his heart was burned in a blacksmith's forge. However, surprisingly, it did not prove a remedy, for his wow. mother, sister, and two brothers died afterward of the dreaded disease. I, you know, I bet these are just, there are countless examples of where this didn't work, I'm guessing. Um, I, I just, these were the educated people, though, you know? I know, yeah. <laughs> so, one of the more... Well, because the, the dumb people would have never figured this shit out. Or they, or <laughs> the they would have just buried him upside the, down. Or on their head, or the whatever The dumb people would have just figured, oh, fuck, they died. But, you know, it takes somebody that can make the next... The next two logical the next leaps logical leap to vampirism. To say, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Must be a vampire. All right. So one of the more one of the more famous cases is that of the name of this podca- podcast here today, <laughs> right. this episode, Mercy Lena Brown. Mm-hmm. Mercy Brown huh, was a 19 year old Rhode Island girl who died of the consumption capital C in 1892. <laughs> When she was just 19 years old. The Lord have mercy. Extra Rhode Island. I was just about to say that. <laughs> huh? Lord have mercy. No. The Lord had mercy. Well, Only he didn't. That's Extra Rhode Island. Well, well, we don't know where okay. mercy went. Baby Jesus. Extra. Well, I mean, oh, my God. Why do you wait? Oh, my God. I'm just saying. We, we finally got here, Chuck. Just shh. All right. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Extra Rhode Island was a small village in the 1880s. By 1892, so just not the 1880s, but by 1892, the year Mercy died, Extra's population had dipped to just 961 from a high (laughs) of more than 2,500 in 1820. Okay. I I guess they was all fleeing to the suburbs? What what was they doing? Well, it had been devastated. Chuck. Well, it had been devastated by the American Civil War that it claimed. Oh, okay. I don't, and I don't trust those dates, so just trust that this was a, during the American <laughs> Civil War. Um, that claimed so many of the town's young men. Oh, hold on. The Civil War was still going on in 1892? Well, I think it... I, well, I guess we're, I guess we're, they didn't have cell phones, well, it was, so word didn't get well, around Well, but it was so devastated fast, by I the guess. Civil War, so they were recovering from the Civil War. Um, yeah, but uh, and and I don't want to get into our research. Please don't. Yeah, but he's just saying that in the 1880s it had 2,500 people. The Civil War had been over for 15 years by then. I, 
I can't. I don't. At what point did these people need some grudge no, holding? No, I was no, only twenty, but just to, yeah, it dipped. It dipped because of the Civil War, right? Because it killed all the town's young men, so oh, they can't. Okay. Re- yeah. they can't reproduce. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but it was a small village in the 1880s, and by 1892, which is not the 1880s, I don't know why the 1880s was. It doesn't matter. Um, okay, so <laughs> the chloral the chloral epidemic in the 1870s. <laughs> I believe that's cholera. No, nope, I don't. That's not what it says. <laughs> chloral? No, I, be- I don't know. That's not what it says. Chlor- I believe it probably it was, is cholera. I believe that's exactly typo. as written. I did. So. It's, it's it's a cholera epidemic. Well, I, I recall reading about the cholera epidemic. I read I read Mexico. about it on the Oregon Trail. I always died of cholera or dysentery. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so there was a cholera epidemic or whatever. In the 1870s, and it further decimated the town's population. So we're down to about a handful of people here. Uh, when the tuberculosis epidemic broke out in the 1880s, Jesus, he's all over the place. Local residents began grasping or gasping for answers on well, you know, was on how to ward off the disease and save their community. <laughs> there was anybody that got the TVs gasped. They're yes, gasping and, and gasping. gasping. George Brown and his wife, Mary Eliza Brown, raised their three children on a small farm outside of Exeter. The family pretty much kept to themselves. Uh, contrary to their puritanical reputation, rural New, Englander, New Englanders in the 1800s <laughs> were a fairly heathen lot. Goddamn they were. And the Browns so were no exception. Now you know what you know what was uh what was great for and this is where this whole thing started when they had the vampire outbreak of course it hit the news and they had those little publications right the news yeah CNN so, it was on CNN so you, the internet no they just had the little pamphlets that they sold every day uh-huh. and you would have the little newsboy and he'd be standing out there and he'd be yelling extra extra read oh, all about oh, it oh my god no. Chuck. Look what she's done to me. She's got me doing puns please, now, god damn please it. make that stop. Chuck, can you bring us home on this whatever, <laughs> please? You know what? I've grown weary of this. Karen, Michelle, do you have your Seriously? script in front of you? You're just, uh Despite their self-imposed isolation, the family was healthy and happy. Well, most people are when they're isolated. Just saying. Yeah. Until 1885. No, they're not. No, when, they're not. That's called a cult. If I'm isolated with my family, I'm. Yeah. yeah that's called that's a cult. Happy shit going on. I don't know. Here. I think most people would be willing to say that their self-imposed isolation <sighs> makes them happy. But whatever. mine would. Yeah. <clears throat> they're with their family though. They had to be with <laughs> okay, the family. That's true. Until 1885, when things started to change. Dun dun dun. George's wife, Mary Eliza Brown was the first to die of the disease. Oh, no. Followed in 1886 by their eldest daughter, Mary Olive, in 1891. Oh, God. Then daughter Mercy and son Edwin also contracted the disease. They did not know how to name their children. (laughs) In addition, TB was responsible for the death of four other people in Exeter around the same time. So, of course, as is, you know, what they do, the local citizens began to, shockingly, panic 
and they worried that the whole town would soon be wiped out. So leave town. They sharpened up the stapes. This huge town. Get those stakes sharpened, yeah. Friends and neighbors of the family believed that one of the one of John Brown's dead family members was a vampire. How do you how do you pick which one? <laughs> At first, George resisted these claims. He's like, no. And described the whole thing as hubbaloo. Oh, hubbaloo. I'm calling shenanigans and hubbubaloo on the vampires. In quotes. In quotes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In quotes. Yeah. But when his last surviving child, Edwin, started showing signs of TB, he finally agreed to go along with the exhumation. So he's like, yeah, it's usually <laughs> about the third child. Maybe he's like, a vampire. Oh, okay. uh... So he, he gave permission to dig up the several bodies of his family members. So, but just because George gave his permission does not mean he believed his deceased wife and children were vampires. In fact, George decided to be elsewhere during the ritual. You I mean, motherfuckers God, do what you want. He, I'm out. Why why wouldn't he want to sit there and watch his loved ones? Because why up? would you want to see that? Right, exactly. Like you know, well, he's probably lazy. He probably didn't want to dig. That could be. I'd be like, get yeah, Edwin you, out there. You, you go ahead and do that shit. Get yeah. Edwin. He authorized the loved one's exhumation simply to quote unquote satisfy the neighbors who were, according to the newspaper account, worrying the life out of him. Uh huh. Villagers, the local doctor. And a newspaper reporter exhumed the Browns' bodies on March Oh, they got a reporter out there digging them up. 1892. Villagers. Exter. Villagers and the newspaper guy. Who was that model that died that they had, like, Geraldo in her grave? Like, oh, the one that has the little girl. Do you remember when they were, like, that's what makes me Sharon Tate? No. No, 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 no. The blonde, um... Anyway. Anna the, Nicole? The, yes, yes. Remember how, like, Geraldo or whatever was, like, reporting from her grave for a week? Oh, you, my God. Yeah. That's what it made me think of. Okay. Ugh. Anyway. I remember when he went to Al Capone's grave mm-hmm. and found a beer bottle. There <laughs> wasn't anybody there, and he's like, oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, this guy's an actual reporter, whereas Geraldo right. is, I'm not even sure what. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the bodies of both Mary and Mary Olive... <laughs> they were very creative there. Ugh. Exhibited the expected level of decomposition. They called her Mo. Decomposition. So, you know. You know they called yeah. Mary Olive Mo. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they were thought not to be the cause. However, Mercy, she did not show a lot of decomposition. Oh. And she still had blood in the heart. Damn that Mercy. <laughs> she flip her she, over. She'd only been buried a yeah, Flip she'd only over. been buried a week before, yeah. but... This was taken as a sign that the young woman was undead Duh. and the agent of young Edwin's condition. Good so Lord. how did... But that doesn't explain all the other family members that no, died. No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. It only matters because it was the boy. We now well, know... Well, it just seems like these are not illogical people we're dealing with. It so does appear that are way. Are you just now yeah, coming up with that? It does appear that... No, I'm just saying it follows a course of dislogic mm. and dysfunction throughout the And you did town. have the doctor there and a newspaper <laughs> reporter. So, I mean, if anybody's going to know what's happening, it's those two. Right, right. Um, 
Well, we know now that Mercy's lack of decomposition was more likely due to her body being stored in freezer-like conditions in an above-ground crypt known as a barn following her death. You know they threw her in the barn because the ground was too hard. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> it's not an above-ground crypt. Bury her ass in the spring. Yeah, yeah. it's not an above-ground crypt. It's called a shed. They kept Although it by the, the lawnmower. <laughs> Although the townsfolk, uh, much like people in our government, considered the exorcism a complete success, <laughs> young Edwin died three weeks later. Oh, baby! Well, Jesus. they had a little. They put a little sign on the house: "Mission accomplished." Yeah. <laughs> Big We're check good. mark, all good here. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. By that time, the story of Mercy Brown had spread throughout New England. Communities who were dealing with their own outbreaks of consumption followed suit because, you know, it that's, was a success. That's what happens. And soon, vampire slaying was occurring throughout the Northeast United States. At the height of the panic, it is believed as many as a hundred bodies were exhumed throughout New England. Physicians, fearing the spread of disease throughout, through these efforts, spoke out against them. Religious leaders also spoke out and condemned these unholy rituals. I mean, they also showed up for them? Yeah, so, yeah, you can't yeah. be there and <laughs> yeah. condemn them at the same time. That I, seems... I think it depends on the money involved. Probably. I feel like I should finish this using the colonel's voice. So Don't I'm do, do that. it. <laughs> One is enough. Let, let's hear it. Let's hear it. I bet you can't even pull it off. Don't I can just do, do it. Southern accent. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Vampire slayers spread throughout the New England countryside. I can do my country voice. Offering to apply their trade. Vampire slayers advertised in the local newspapers offering their services for as little as $3 or a suitable in-kind arrangement. Is that sex? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're doing vampires. You should do your uh, Romanian accent. No, no, no. I'm going to do this because it's it's like you. It's it's not. In in 1894, the practice began to die out. Get it? Die? Die out? It's <laughs> <This is> clever. <laughs> Today, scientists blame the vampire panic on people being ill-informed about the nature of disease. <laughs> Did they go out on a limb with that one? I mean, I don't want to... I'm say, not going to... Huh? Yeah. yeah. Let's not... My hypothesis on this... Yeah. I've studied this thoroughly, and uh, yeah. I believe it was some ignorant-ass people. Yeah. yeah. I don't... You know, don't go too far out there, guys. Just, you know, be cautious. Right. People were scared. They were scared, y'all. And they felt vulnerable. Even if today their actions don't make sense to us, (laughs) it made sense to them at the time. And that made it okay. Basically, Rhode Island became Florida. Well, Let me ask you this. Why does Timmy have to put that? Of course it made sense to them at the time. Why is he like (laughs) sticking up for them? Why is he sticking up for these people? So, so tell me, Colonel and Brady, how do you feel about this script today? What What are your thoughts? Well, uh, <laughs> well there was a lot going on. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did not know that you could, if you just got a vampire doggy style, that it was harmless. I did oh not know that. Oh, my God. You'd think it'd be yeah. the other way well, around. I'm just saying. Like a turtle. You would think it would be the other, yeah. 
But no. But no. And again, I have nope. to ask, why didn't they just do that in the first place? If you're afraid that these motherfuckers are coming back, bury them face down. If that's your I think thing. I that's an excellent summation yeah. of the whole thing right there. Mm-hmm. Bury them face down, throw some garlic in there, stake them through the heart if you need to, but take care of all that shit before they go in the ground because this is a lot of work. Right. For nothing. Well, I think a lot of this. I think a lot of this was driven by the Grave Diggers Union. <laughs> they're they're they, shady. They are the ones that started. Yeah, they started the. They they no, needed they work was getting slow. Oh, they was getting overtime. It's triple time to do a exhumation on a vampire. An exhumation. Yeah, I'm sure you don't that do that shit for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Timmy, I don't know that they, you're putting an extra N in there. <laughs> exhumation. <laughs> exhumation. Perfect. Yeah, exhumate, exhumate me. Karen, do you have any yeah. thoughts, questions, comments, concerns on on this? I am just picturing the crowds of people visiting. You know that that were the, the spectators. That's just it. It amazes me how people will always show up for a tragedy. Yeah, but you know. That's... Well, you know, and, and and I'm saying, in a thousand people. That showed up. That's like more than the population of the town. Yeah, you know there was like seven or eight in the bushes, like. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in every group there had to be a few psychopaths that were just enjoying it, just enjoying seeing the. They were. Wait a minute. That's what I'm saying. They were clearly all enjoying it. They came (laughs) from like far and wide to come see this. Snacks and pickpockets and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had cotton candy. You know, they had cotton well, candy, and popcorn, popcorn, corn dogs, yeah. Ring toss, I get yeah. It. You could take home a goldfish. I, mean, I get all Ferris that. Ferris wheel, yeah. yeah. A Ferris wheel. Mm. <laughs> Society is, is, is a beautiful thing, I'll tell you, for sure. All right, Charles. Well, this is what makes us the greatest country on earth. Mm. Charles. That is all we have to say about that. That is all we have to say yes, about ma'am. that. Yes, um, ma'am. Tell them what. Well, so that's it for this. And um, (laughs) tell them if they – we appreciate all of our patrons on Patreon. Patreon Uh, Yes, we we do. do. If you want to support this train wreck of a show, go to (laughs) patreon.com backslash history dweebs where you can give a little, give a lot, or – Or just a wee little bit. Just a wee little bit. Know that we love you all, and because Timmy's not here, we're not going to go through the list today because it's getting late, and I have to get to Costco before all the toilet <laughs> paper the is toilet gone. Before all the toilet gone. Exactly. <laughs> so, does anybody have anything they would like to add to this? Nope. Well, I would like oh, to God. just thank Karen Michelle for coming well, on to absolutely. the show. Well, thank and, you uh, for that. But. It was, it was, it was, um, just, just, you know, it was, it was. Okay, having you. You know Timmy. I'll, I'll say you know Timmy, but you know you're just working your way up from the minor leagues. So one day, Cam Michelle, you will be a big time podcaster like Timmy and myself, and people will be, uh, you know, don't know. Wanting don't know to who touch you are. me when I don't want to be touched. That, well, I believe that's probably already happened to you a number of times at DweebCon, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh, anyway um thank you for having me i i enjoy talking to brandy so it's good (laughs) and i enjoy talking to you as well we should do it more often (laughs) yes 
Okay. Have fun at Costco. Oh, I'm very excited about that. And we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everybody. Good day. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.